Welcome to this Thanksgiving edition of BAM, Boris and Matt Sports Weekly. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! Joyeux action de grâce, Boris, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody north of the border. It is the American Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm here to watch some football. Let's yes. get this thing over with, Boris. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, uh, how are you feeling today, homie? I'm doing really good. I'm feeling really good. Doing really good. Man, we have a packed show. It is Thanksgiving. There is NFL. So clearly, clearly, we have to talk tons of NFL. Because, Matt, I have no idea what's going on in the NFL season. It's topsy-turvy. It's bizarre world. I don't even know what's going on. We're going to talk about that. But then we're going to be talking about TFC. Because there are many a change in TFC land to talk about. New coach, new DP slots, Josie Altador leaving. So much to chat about in TFC land. And as we chat more, MLS. Then on the wrestling side, we have Ring of Honor. As Ring of Honor TV is dwindling down to final battle. And to the end, we're going to be chatting some Ring of Honor. We have some thoughts there. And then Major League Wrestling and their War Chamber match. I have a feeling people are going to not like our opinions, but their opinions, <laughs> and we stick to them. Well, maybe people will agree because we're both pretty uh, in simpatico on how we felt about the War Chamber. Uh, yeah, man, lots to get to today, but it definitely feels like uh, it's a nice American Thanksgiving here in Canada today. Yeah. Yeah, it really does, man. Uh, yeah, it's just a crazy day. It is. It doesn't even feel like Thursday. I can't believe it's Thursday. Week one of my vacation is already done. <sighs> ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And, dude, honestly, uh, today is the first day that I actually feel, like, rested, awake, good, happy. Everything is good. <laughs> Nice. You seem uh, you seem gregarious, Boris. You're you're smiling. You seem energetic. That's it's good to see, homie. Glad to hear it. Uh, yeah, man. You got to get that rest. Got to take advantage of this vacation time while you have it, homie. Right, right. So, yesterday on NXT, you threw out the tease, the tease of the tease. You have a Tinder story. I need to hear this. <laughs> oh, we're starting with it. Yeah, no, just I kind of just it, it's funny because. I, I was talking to this girl. It's going very well. Like I, I you know, I, I seem to. We seem to be getting along. And uh, yeah, I was just we're getting ready to uh, to meet in person. And um, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's funny. I'll share it anyway. It's just like it's not like gr- grotesque or anything. I just kind of feel uh, like a pussy, for lack of a better word. I overplayed my sensitivity card, Boris. Uh, what happened was my uh, my roommate has this adorable cat. You see, his name is Acorn, and I love him. And she professed to be like this animal lover. So I I, I was sending her pictures of the cat, but I think she. I think I scared her away. I think she thinks I'm a crazy cat lady, man. You know what I mean? So we stopped talking. I think I might have gone too hard on the cat pictures. And that's like a new one. I, I have yet to chase a woman away from too many cat pictures. So I think that's a, it's a lesson to self. Though I, though Acorn is an adorable little guy, perhaps I should pump the brakes a little bit. Dude, that is hilarious. You pulled a wig <laughs> from New Girl. I love it. 
is that a thing that's happened? I, I, I have seen a couple episodes of New Girl. Which one's Winston? Uh, the black guy. Oh, word, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I definitely pulled the Winston there. That's hilarious. Hard Winston maneuver. I love that so freaking much. <laughs> I love that so much. Classic Matt move right there. Yeah, just... It just yeah, I just uh, overplayed my hand, but it's funny because it's not even my cat. You know what I mean? So that's what that's what the funniest think, part is. Yeah, he, he's like the team. He's a, he's a team member now. You know what I mean? He's he, he's an adorable guy. We all love him around here. But uh, yeah, funny ah. or <laughs> back sad. to the old batting cage. Funny or sad? <laughs> oh, it's 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 plenty sad, but it's sad enough to be funny. I think so. Yeah, that's uh, that's where we're at. Back to the batting cage, Boris. It's all good though. Oh, we live man. and learn. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, dude, that's actually brilliant. Uh, yeah, so I I had a great night last night. Um, met up with Kevin O'Leary, the real Kevin O'Leary. Had a couple. Yes, uh, producer of producer of our two theme songs at NXT Talk and Bam. Sorry to interrupt. I just yeah, wanted to no. get the plug in there. Yeah, for sure. And even it's canon for me. Um, yeah, so we had a couple adult beverages. Honestly, the first time I've seen them since early September. It's been a long time since we uh, saw each other and we had some moments to catch up. Uh, we were talking about the men's national team. Uh, super excited for that. Cannot wait for CONCACAF and... Uh, Canada soccer to announce where the Canada USA game is. A little birdie keeps telling me that the game might be in Hamilton, so that's different. Oh, interesting. Yep. Yep. Yeah, a little, little curveball. Yep. Uh, so I, I would love that to be honest. I think that would be awesome. But I hope that it being Hamilton doesn't encourage more people from Buffalo to go to the game. Oh, that's a really good call. I didn't even consider that. Yeah, yeah. You can tell you're a veteran uh, of the Hamilton sporting events, Boris. You've been down there once or twice. Yeah, but I have uh, been. yeah, man. Well, uh, so you had a good birthday then? Uh, overall, yeah. Like honestly, I got like a hundred percent on the table. My shoulder is just in so like today. It's not too bad, uh, but yesterday, like even sitting as we're recording, even laying down. When I'm trying to relax, everything was just hurting my shoulder. It got to the point where in the middle of the afternoon, I'm like, I got to go for a walk. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was just really, really bad. Um, and yeah, it's just like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to get all weird, but, you know, you know, when people talk about the pandemic and one of the major issues of the pandemic, and, and I've always maintained this. But living through this now, I'm just like starting to become very frustrated with people who don't listen, um, don't want to do anything. And that's because, you know, it's not that it's a 99% death rate of the, with, with COVID, right? It's the fact that the healthcare system yeah. is taking a beating. So when you have exactly. a quote-unquote elective um, surgery, like my shoulder, it is still considered elective um, even getting to see the surgeon is going to take an insane amount of time. It's already bad on normal days, right? But when the system is tough and through, it's going to take longer. And, and, and we're talking right now that the system isn't, it's still catching up. It's not that right now there's, you know, millions of people in the ICU and stuff. It's that we're still catching up from the, from the previous waves, yeah, exactly right, man. No, I feel you, and that sucks so much, brother, that 
after now just sit in pain waiting like uh you know who who knows how long but yeah my uh my stepdad's kind of in a similar situation because his cataracts he just developed cataracts and they got really bad over the past like year and he's to the point where he can't really drive like he still yeah. puts around like with his quad and like uh, the sled and stuff like but like he can't really drive uh at all so you know lord love my mom she's doing all the driving right now and he's waiting for a surgery which will completely fix his vision and it's you know it will be completely fine but he's got to wait uh, he's been waiting months and i think he's got to wait till like april still to actually get it so it's going to be like four more months of my mom doing all the driving and stuff and it's for the same reason he just can't get in yeah, it's crazy. It's and, and, and like I said, it's it's more, you know, I, I I'm frustrated, but really, there's nothing I can do, right? Maybe hop on a plane, yeah. go to Mexico to get it fixed. <laughs> then, you know, <laughs> exactly. A better um, idea on paper, perhaps, than it is in practice. You know what's funny? My cousin who lives in San Diego, he goes to to Tijuana for his dentist. Really? Yep. I guess it's pretty close, eh? You can just right hop there. over to the border. Yeah, it's literally yeah. right there. But it's kind of funny, though. Like, it's like, sure, I'm going to do that. Go to another country for, 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 for stuff like that. But, yeah, so that's the frustrating part. And, like, yesterday it kind of hit the tipping point. Um, it might be the alcohol in my system that's still making me feel okay. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but... <laughs> Is that how it works? Alcohol in your system makes yeah. you feel okay? Maybe. Maybe for some of us. And, uh, yeah, like, the doctors don't even want to don't want to even sling my arm because they're like, well, we don't want the bone to set or anything, but I'm like, it is broken. You can literally feel like the, the the bone just dangling on my chest. Like it's so weird. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Sounds lovely. It's a good bar trick though. It's a a very good bar (laughs) trick right now. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God! Well, maybe that's why your shoulder's broken and out of socket because you're getting people <laughs> to dislocate it at the bar. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So yeah. Aside from that, man, I have started finally reading the John Moxley book. Nice. And yeah, how is it? I'm very excited to check that one out. It's an interesting read. You know that he literally just put his thoughts on paper. Yeah. And that's like, I like that very straightforward writing style. Like every blurb I've seen come up on the internet has seemed like it's, it's absolutely raw and and straight from his mouth. So I guess his hand. It's honestly as if, remember those RF video shoot interviews? Yes. It It honestly reads like one of those. That's incredible. I'm definitely, I can't wait to check it out. How far, how deep are you into the book? I just started today at about 4.30 in the morning when I couldn't sleep. So, not too deep, but deep enough that I know it's going to be a good read. And I think I'll I'll be uh, writing a review here, there, now for Slam Wrestling. We'll see. You see, nice, con- nice, considering man. I need to find a new gig for Slam Wrestling. Boris <laughs> <laughs> Book Reports. I love yep. it. <laughs> Thanks, ROH. <laughs> That's fine. Maybe you can uh, cover uh, NWA or MLW. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't want to watch those anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's just so bad. Yeah, it was, yeah. 
been some rough performances from them lately. But before we get into wrestling, let's talk about sports. I was actually hoping to start with a uh, uniquely Canadian story here that comes up every couple of years. Are the Nordiques coming back, Boris? No, they're, they're not. Talk. They're not. They're not. No. They're not coming back. They're not. No, they're not I coming back. I agree with you, buddy. It, so, it's, it, this, you know, I personally don't think the Expos are coming back. But I think there's a higher probability of the Expos coming back than the Nordiques. I would agree with that. I do think in our lifetime, Montreal will get a baseball team again. But yeah, who knows when it might be expansion down the road. But yeah, the Quebec Nordiques are not coming back to the NHL. I agree with that. Uh, there is an outside chance maybe that the that the Coyotes, the Arizona Coyotes, do end up moving. But we've been saying that since the 90s. And uh, Bettman has been committed to keeping that team there. So yeah, the, the big thing about this Quebec story uh, surfacing again is that it's kind of a political move by the current premier, right? Because there is an election coming up in Quebec within the next 365 days. Yeah. I believe I'm not uh, I'm not a Quebec civics major here, Boris. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to read uh, I just wanted to read something via Godfather of live audio wrestling and thus Saturday nights or Sunday nights main event radio. Uh, the great Jeff Merrick spoke to actually Bill Daly, deputy commissioner of the NHLPA. So uh, via via Jeff Merrick, Bill Daly said about the Quebec Premier, yes, we did talk over the phone. No, we don't have any meetings planned right now. Yes, we are always interested in meeting and talking, but we are obviously pleased with what we have right now. So that's that. I think he placated this guy by taking a phone call, and the, the Premier of Quebec is playing it up uh, to garner votes, period. Exactly. That's what it is. That's honestly what it seems like. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, the Nordique situation is a very weird situation um, because it's not like there wasn't fans going to the game, right? It's 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 a very different situation than the Expos. But I just don't see Quebec City being able to support a team long term, especially, you know, they're fickle fans in Quebec. Uh, you know, especially if they don't get to the Las Vegas Golden Knights start, right? Exactly. You don't mean to generalize, but it's true. It's just like there are there are uh, massive difficulties with having a professional sports team just in Canada. Those difficulties are made even more difficult, Boris, by being uh, the, the in the only French Canadian province, yeah. and the fact that they would be now the second team in Quebec. That's kind of always been the reason why There's... they they haven't been able to survive. There's a reason why there's no professional hockey team in Hamilton, you know? Exactly. Like, it's and the I same Hamilton, reasons. Yeah, and, and Hamilton probably could have done at least as well or better than Quebec City did when they were in the NHL, right? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't think it's ever, ever going to happen again. Uh, and like you said, the Expos will come back far, far sooner than the Quebec Nordiques. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, like, it's... it's, it's, it's <laughs> When the story comes up, it's always interesting, and I feel for the taxpayers in Quebec for building a freaking arena for, for just to sit there. Yeah, exactly, and it's a beautiful arena too, and it is just kind of sitting there. But it's funny, man. Google either Quebec City Mayor 
or Quebec Premier Nordiques, like Quebec City Mayor Nordiques or Quebec Premier Nordiques. And just look at the results. You're going to see 2009, 2016, like it, it just up and down. Like this has been happening for years and years. And that's just in the 2000s. Like this has been happening for a while. It comes up every couple of years in Canada and it never amounts to anything. There is never any fire behind this smoke, yep. Morris. You know where I, okay, so speaking of teams, speaking of facilities, speaking of arenas, do you know where I really want to watch a game right now? Where's that? The new UBS arena. Where, where is that? Uh, Long Island. Oh, yes, yeah the, the, yeah, the new barn that just opened over at Long Island. Great call. I'd definitely love to check that out. And, of course, Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle apparently is just beautiful. Oh, yeah, but Seattle just knows how to make arenas and, 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 and stadiums like uh, CenturyLink or whatever it's called now. Just It's, it's just, just a thing of a thing of wonders. Safeco Field or whatever it's called now, thing of wonders. You can't keep up with these corporate names. You know, I saw the speaking of corporate names, this is the type of show it's going to be. I love the fact, and I'm sure you heard about this, that the Staples Center is going to be renamed January yep. 1st to the crypto. What's it being renamed to? Crypto.com crypto. Arena. Yeah. Crypto.com Arena. It's so funny that people are so upset about this because Staples is yes. a dumb name, too. And people <laughs> felt this exact same way when it became the Staples Center. It's one of my first sports memories in the 90s. I remember people being very upset about all these name changes, the Boston Garden becoming the TD Forum or whatever it was, and, uh, you know, obviously the Montreal Forum becoming uh, La Centre Belle, which has worked out. I don't mind that. Uh, you know, the Maple Leaf Gardens going to Air Canada Center. All this stuff, man, this has happened before, but they already were a corporate sponsor. What's the difference between Staples and Crypto.com? It's the exact same thing. You literally took my rant. I love it because, like, people are <laughs> freaking out. Like, oh, these corporate companies taking over. It's like, you do know Staples is a corporate entity who right? bought naming hey, rights. Yeah, like they be mad when it switched from the Great Western Forum all those years ago. That's when you were supposed to be mad. <laughs> yeah, man, the Great Western Forum was a terrible arena to watch a hockey game in. Oh yeah, have yeah. Had you been to the yeah. Great Western Forum? Yeah, it, it, it was ridiculous. Number one, the playing surface was huge, like just disgustingly large, um, and it was just really dark and dank in there. Like it was weird. It was a very weird experience. <laughs> Um, it, it just, just that whole area, just very, I don't know. It's not far from where the stable center is now, but that area just really needed some revitalization. Um, it's like at the edge of downtown LA. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting area. Um, you keep going further, uh, and then you end up like on the Mexican shops and everything. It's a very weird area in LA, but, uh, you know, and it's dead, 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 unless there's an event. Uh, but that seems that's the case for a lot of American cities, right? It's like, it's a very, I don't. It's always makes me laugh, like people here in Toronto talking about the Air Canada Center, Scotia Bank Arena, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, people don't realize how busy our downtown core is. It's very New York City like, um, and to that, on top of that, the fact that we have arenas and stadiums right downtown, we are yeah. so lucky. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's 
And oftentimes it's like in a, in a terrible, terrible area and it just people don't want to go there for a number of reasons, like you said. But that's not really the case with us. I Yeah, I definitely count our blessings here in Toronto for a number of reasons, but access to cool, good sporting events in relatively safe places. It's uh, it's nice, Boris. It's, it's not bad. Yeah. And then like, you know, then BMO Field lucked out uh, because once BMO Field was built, that Parkdale area really started changing a lot. Parkdale was very sketch. It still is sketch. I'm not going to say it's a yeah, great yeah. area. But having BMO Field there really helped clean up Liberty Village especially. And now that's expanding to the Parkdale area. Um, you know, but take it for what it is. It's an, it, like I'd like to see areas clean itself up. But I also don't like seeing people being pushed out of their homes being of course out and stuff like that so you know yeah man of course yeah i mean the word gentrification comes to yep, mind that's but, exactly uh, yeah. exactly it um but yeah uh yeah so we're very lucky here in toronto corporate sponsors corporate names and and it's funny but because like it, it still amazes me and it goes to show you the cojones that the boston red sox have right that the new york yankees have that they won't take a corporate sponsor for the naming rights. But can you imagine? Look, I believe Crypto.com spent, I want to say. Um, yeah, you get this get this number. I'm excited. I'm, can you vamp a little bit while I look this up? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, the thing about Toronto sports, Boris, is that uh, they occur in the city of Toronto. I don't know if you've noticed. You ever notice how TFC doesn't play a game in Hamilton? Yes. Crazy. Oh, Tip your waitress. Don't even get me started with the L.A. Angels. <laughs> the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? Your My, favorite team? I hate that so freaking much. I hate that so freaking much. That is literally the equivalent of a team from ha Toronto or from Hamilton being called Toronto, which is kind yeah. of happening with The Rock. <laughs> Yeah, right. I was just gonna say that's the uh, that's the National Lacrosse League right there. But it is the the Toronto Tiger Cats of Hamilton, basically. All right. So the, whew, be very careful when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The company spent seven hundred million dollars for the naming rights for twenty years. Wow, that is a chunk of change, Boris. Crypto.com dropping the bag. Yeah. So can you imagine? And I would, I would freak out, as would any baseball fan. But can you imagine what Fenway Park, what Yankee Stadium would go for? No, a billion. A, probably a solid billion. Definitely Yankee Stadium, I think, would go for a billion. For 10, 5, 10 years max. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, it's crazy, man. And it is a pretty big flex by them to not change it. But uh, I'm glad that they don't because every time... A stadium gets a corporate sponsorship name. I die a little bit inside. Hamden Yards, right? Like, there's a lot in baseball that I can name. Uh, the Sky Dome. <laughs> Which it has been named forever. And that's the name. That's what it will be continued uh, to be named. It I, is the Sky I, Dome. I, I can count how many times I've called the Sky Dome the Rogers Center. Even on our various podcasts. I think anyone yeah, right. who isn't from Toronto, who listens to the SNME radio podcasts, think it's still called the Skydome. Because I think Jason, <laughs> because... me, you, we don't, even Mark, we do not call it the Skydome, or the Rogers Center. We always call it Skydome. It was born Skydome, and it will die Skydome, Boris. Yep. 
Well, we've been talking names and naming rights for about 24 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me that's not interesting talk. But yeah, you want to? Uh, do you want to go into uh, other? While we're while we're on the topic of Toronto-ish things, let's talk about TFC. Big changes, big things coming into the TFC franchise. Yep, many changes in TFC. So they have had the worst season since 2012. Oof, really bad, really bad. Um, you know, and and you knew that it was going to be bad when they brought in a coach in Armas who essentially took the number one team, the New York Red Bulls, and made them a laughing stock. You know, from top of the table to wooden spoon. You know, it's just like it's really <laughs> bad. And that's that's who we put in charge of our team. Like, come on, like come on. Uh, that's like. Take, uh, I, I can't even think of a, a good baseball analogy. I was going to say, like, having Roberts as your manager, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the Dodgers kept winning. It's Yeah, it's much worse than that. Yeah, uh, yeah you, you can't even say they're tanking because there's yeah. not a draft in soccer, so, obviously. So this is just, yeah, absurd and bad. But we do have a new manager, Boris. Yep, we have a new manager, none other than former USA men's national team coach, father of our captain... <laughs> Michael Bradley, the one, the only, Bob Bradley. And I knew it, like, this is the worst kept secret, but a little birdie told me a few months ago that this was likely going to happen. Um, he was very upset with the loss of power he had in LAFC. Things weren't going well in LAFC, so they were just going to ride out the season, and uh, we essentially, you know, we, we swept in. And got him. So Bob Bradley is our new coach. Also, Ali Curtis, um, the GM, is gone. So we're also looking for a new GM. Uh, Bob Manning is still in power as the, the grand poobah of TFC right now. But we'll end up seeing what uh, happens there. I can see him um, kind, of, uh, kind of leaving. Um, but yeah, so Bob Bradley... TFC head coach and sporting director. Interesting, yeah. He'll be bringing the orange slices for his lad, Michael Bradley, in the squad. Um, uh, there's been some big personnel changes, too, reporting uh, Josie Altidore will be out, so, leaving TFC. Here, I'm not shocked about that. So here's the thing about Josie Altidore. Number one, people need to remember, he gets a lot of hate for being injury-prone, for being quote unquote lazy for a bunch of stuff. Um, Josie Altador, if it wasn't for Josie Altador, we would not have had the success that we did previous years. 2017, record breaking year, best team to date, uh, you know, tr winning the treble, winning the Supporter Shield, MLS Cup, and Canadian Championship all in one year. Having like a glorious year would not have been possible without someone like Josie Altador. He single-handedly brute-forced our way into wins. That man is yeah, a man. TFC legend. But 100%. MLS is a very weird uh, league. You know, unlike in Europe where you can pay anyone anything. Just these insane, stupid amounts. There is a salary cap in MLS. When TFC started, the salary cap was one or two million dollars. Dude, we had players, professional players, being paid 30000 and under. 
That's yeah, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, you did that. You know what I mean? For a professional sports league, that is not as insanely low. So you cannot attract the likes of a David Beckham, right? So originally fans called this the David Beckham rule, but it was actually uh, professionally officially known as the designated player. A designated player is someone who counts towards X amount of your salary cap, but you can pay them whatever the F you want. So Interesting. Originally, you had one slot. Now you have up to three designated players. Josie Altador was one of our designated players. So now that he's aging, now that he might not be top tier per se, you know, he probably shouldn't count towards our DP slots. So the choice came down, you know, pay cut and not be a DP or we have to move on. Right. And of course, and it seems like mutually both sides are looking to move on. And And it's not official yet. And the relationship was very rocky. The relationship uh, was uh, very weird. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. But but yeah, it's worth that this is not official yet and numerous things could happen. He could be like released from his contract. He could be traded in in some form to a different team. Like there are a number of things that could still happen. There are ways this could play out, but it does seem like Josie out the door has played his last game uh, as a member of TFC. Yep. Unfortunately. And I want people to remember how instrumental he was. Like I say, if, 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 if we're going to make a uh, statues outside of BMO, we do have the wall of honor. Josie Altador, in my opinion, deserves to be on that. If we're going to put some players that are on it, Josie Altador absolutely deserves to be there. If it wasn't for Josie Altador, 2017, 2018, well, 18 was horrible. So 2017 and 19 would not have happened. Even 16 when we made it to the finals. Um, You know, he was just a part of some of the most epic, epic games. He was instrumental. He single-handedly brute-forced his way into wins. And we need to remember that. Toronto is such a weird city when it comes to forgetting what certain players have done for us. Uh, Toronto is very much of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of city. Yeah, big time. Big time. And that's that's part of the reason why Josie fell out of favor with Toronto fans was because he was so bombastic and he did perform so well. But he was he was like the coolest player in TFC history. And he, I think, single handedly brought some viewers in, some fans in. And uh, yeah, he, he will be missed. But I, you, I think you did an excellent job of explaining why it's, it's definitely going to happen. And it's time probably for him to go. But yeah, I, I definitely put some respect on the name of Josie Aldador, for sure. He is, he is, if not the, one of the very best Mount Rushmore TFC players of all time. 100%. Cannot agree with you more on there. Um, but yeah, so TFC is already set to begin their next year's campaign. Unfortunately, we lost the Canadian Championship last Sunday to Montreal. one nothing in Montreal. That sucks. I really like winning the Canadian Championship because I hate Montreal or Vancouver or now whomever wins it kind of having that against us over us. So that really kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, I agree. But yeah, here, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see exactly what happens. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, TFC, 
already has their season opener and home opener announced um you know for 2022 the season opener is going to be february 28th in dallas Nice, nice. They, they get to it pretty quick in the in the MLS. Eh? I'm surprised they'd start so early, February 28th. Yep, exactly. Uh, and then March 5th, we start here in Toronto. Whew, it's going to be a cold one. I was just going to say, could be pretty chilly March 5th at BMO Field. Going to be fun. Yep. So, yeah. But uh, that's uh, that's where MLS is right now. Unfortunately, the Vancouver Whitecaps were eliminated from the playoffs. Uh, the MLS playoffs right now is a single-game knockout-style tournament, which, you know, I like and I don't like. I'm a fan of the two-game series with away goals, you know, and, and whatnot. But, because, but honestly, anything can happen in a one-game knockoff tournament. That's the thing. It's more exciting for sure. But yeah, it's soccer tradition, I feel like, to have that aggregate. Yep. Um, so, shall we talk about some NFL? This being Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving again to all of our American listeners and our listeners all around the world who celebrate Thanksgiving. Yanksgiving, as uh, Matt so, so gracefully put at the top of the show. We have tons of games today to watch. Um, but unfortunately, that first game that starts at 12.30, whew, I think some men are going to be forced in the kitchen to help or forced <laughs> to talk to their families because it's none other than the Chicago Bears versus the Detroit Lions. Yes, backup quarterback battle, Boris. It's going to be a stinky, grotesque game to start things off at 12.30. Uh, yeah, man, three games, all bad to some Agrees, but it's Thanksgiving football. How could you turn it down, boys? You know what? I think the Raiders and Cowboys is going to be a fun game. I think those two teams are evenly matched. Which uh, Prescott is going to show up yet to be seen, and the Raiders—that's just a shit show waiting to happen. Um, so who knows what's going to happen there? And that's the 4:30 game, and then the main event at 8:20 is the Bills versus the Saints. Go Saints! Yeah, G-E-A-U-X, go go Saints for sure. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Thanksgiving games themselves because uh, we're recording this at around noon. They're about to start. By the time people listen to this, they will be in action for sure. So, yeah, very excited for that slate. Let's get some gravy and some uh, mashed potatoes and uh, go Saints, yep. go Cowboys, and go. Uh, let's go Lions this time. What a win the Detroit Lions had, right, Matt? What a win for those listening. <laughs> well, yeah, a win is strong. Win is a strong way to put it. It was, uh, you see, yeah. The joke, In the, last couple of the joke I was making was by the time people actually listen, the yeah. game will probably be over. So Lions, <laughs> in my opinion, have won the game already. Hence, therefore, yay, Lions. <laughs> Boris, I feel you, but my joke was saying, even though that I'm cheering for the Lions, I refuse to even say on on microphone that they will win this game. They're god awful. <laughs> they really are. They really are. You know who else is god awful? What else is god awful? The Panthers versus the Dolphins Sunday, one p.m. That's going to be god awful. Well, 
That is that's gonna be stinky. But hey, Cam versus Tua, that's kind that's kind of intriguing. I kind of like it. Uh, let's touch back on Week Eleven here for a second. Cam Newton, Cam Newton lost the Cam Newton Bowl. He lost the revenge game. You hate to see it, Boris. You hate to see it. You really do, especially in the NFL, right? Like in the NFL, these players love sticking it to their old teams. Uh, but uh, that did not happen, unfortunately. But uh, life moves on. Uh, yeah, talking about week 11, I wanted to kind of wrap up week 12 and then kind of segue into week 11, but you already took us there. Let's talk some week 11. Uh, you know what team really sucks? The Atlanta Falcons. Oh my God. Frustratingly bad. So Boris, uh, Last week in fantasy, I ran into Jonathan Taylor's five touchdowns as the Colts obliterated Buffalo. And I ran into New England's defense pitching a shout out against the hapless, pathetic Atlanta Falcons. So, yeah, I, I, I put up 100 points in fantasy and lost by like 35. Very frustrating fantasy season for this guy. But, uh, yeah, man, Falcons are dog shit. Buffalo Bills look like crap. Jonathan Taylor might be the best player in football, might be the best football player this year i don't think he'll win the mvp but i think he's the best football player on the field the fact that the ravens only beat the bears by three is very troubling those backup uh backup hundley still, but uh still still, still. <laughs> that's still. fair but yeah you do you do have to remember the backup quarterback was in it was not lamar jackson know, it was huntley still so. still still you know, same can be said about the Packers Vikings because of a toe injury, my friend, a toe injury. Yes, yes the, the, the toe, the Achilles toe of uh, Aaron Rodgers. But you know what? I think uh, I think the Vikings were I picked the Vikings to win that game. I think they needed it. It was a as Bill Simmons says, it was the kitchen sink game. The Vikings threw everything they possibly had at the Packers because they needed to win. It was a must win game. And again. Jekyll and Hyde of the NFL. There's a lot of Jekyll and Hyde teams, but the Jekyll and Hyde team for me is the Eagles. Oh, that's funny because I'll tell you who, yeah, in the Eagles, uh, strong 40 point performance against the New Orleans Saints. Big win for Philly. They're looking good, but they're also, aren't they like five and six? Their record isn't good. Oh, yeah. Rec that's why I say Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. You don't know which of course, team is going to show up. You, you yeah. see, because to Jekyll me and Hyde has two sides a good side <laughs> and a bad side. <laughs> Please go on. Please explain. We need to stop uh, this. We need to stop doing this. <laughs> but, you know, the real Jekyll and Hyde team in the NFL, Boris, is the Tennessee Titans. They are Jekyll. They are Hyde. They are a, a human snow globe just mixed up and crazy every time they hit the field. Yep. Uh, yeah. Titans. Yeah. The, when you lose to the Texans and, like, just the score doesn't actually show you. The score was 22-13 for the Texans. And that score doesn't show you what an ass-kicking it actually was. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's not indicative. But you know what? The Titans are in New England this week. So I'm sure they'll win by 30. <laughs> just to confuse everyone. Yep. And another Jekyll and Hyde team, because sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, is the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs beating dumb boys 19 to 9. Every time the Cowboys lose, I want to make a point of talking about it on this show. <laughs> you angry, bitter man. No, that's fair. I, uh, I'm right there with you, buddy. Uh, yeah, I think the Chiefs are more Jekyll than Hyde. I think they've worked out of their Hyde stage and they're forming into a, into a nice Jekyll. Oh, wait, yeah. is it the other way around? I'm not sure. They're good now. That's what I'm saying. So they're, 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 they're doctor. What? What? 
I think oh, Dr. Man. Jekyll is the good one. And wait, I don't know, man. I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> See, this is, this is, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, number one. Uh, number two, I love the fact that we use the joke so much, we confused ourselves <laughs> and made ourselves sound really stupid on a podcast to tens of people. Man, I'm telling you, this has been uh, – my cool factor is taking a hit after this podcast perhaps. But that's fine. I was never cool to begin with. Text buddy. me a cat uh, photo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants to hit me up for cat photos, I'm telling you, Acorn, he's an adorable guy. Until he gives you a rash, which happens to me <laughs> once in a while. But I'm seriously deathly allergic to cats sometimes. And it's weird because like oh. sometimes I can – rub a cat's ass in my face not that i'd do that but i could if i really wanted to if that got my jollies up you see but um but you should you guys should see that right now it just doesn't seem like the first time you thought of that it's just awful specific off the top of your head boris please continue just a, just a, just a thought <laughs> sometimes i can rub a cat's ass in my face and i'm perfectly fine but then other times a cat could have been in that room and i just like my eyes are like bleeding almost jesus well that's an extreme way to put it but i feel you buddy i feel you um yeah so back to the nfl the buccaneers beat the giants no surprise they're 30 to 10 the chargers though beating the steelers 41 37 that game was as close as that score actually says um and you know seattle man poor poor seattle Three and seven, losing again. Twenty three thirteen against the nine and two Cardinals. Yes, seems like Seattle's done. And our Monday nighter this week is Seattle versus Washington, which is going to be uh, bad. But the main event of Week Twelve NFL action has to be Buccaneers at Colts. I think Tom Brady versus the Colts. It used to be Brady versus Manning, but it's still nice to see Brady in Indianapolis exercising those old demons and uh yeah the colts are rounding into form it's going to be very interesting buccaneers have a really good front seven jonathan taylor best running back in football by a wide margin now that derrick henry is hurt very interesting football game can't wait to see that one yep uh i think the game that i'm looking forward to the most is at 1 p.m that is the atlanta falcons versus the jacksonville jaguars and clearly <laughs> i am joking <laughs> oh <laughs> oh, you got me on that one. I uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch that show with your dick or something. I don't even know what that means. With your eyes, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Exactly. That's how you watch a show. Christ. <laughs> we are off the rails, buddy. <laughs> Rams Packers is also another game that it's gonna it's just gonna be a tough one to watch. Uh, that's at four twenty five on Sunday. Another the Sunday nighter is gonna be the Browns Ravens. Eh. Like really, this week there's not much that really. Uh, honestly, today's games intrigue me so much more than the rest of the week. That's interesting. I'm I'm circling that Bucks Colts game. I definitely get. I might even watch that full game. I rarely watch a full game. I usually am a red zone man. But I might flip that one on. Yeah, uh, I have the zone Dazen, as some people call it. So I just like pick one game to watch in full, uh, and then on my tablet I have red zone on. Nice. That's a good way to do it for sure. Yeah, we have a dual screen. We have two TVs in our living room and we have one game, like one game of the week. Usually the Browns because uh, my roommate's a big Browns fan and uh, the Dolphins suck this year and uh, red zone on the other TV. Yep. All right. So 
Joe Para talks with you. Yes, You've thank talked you about for... this show. I see this show on our PVR right before I throw on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or a Below Deck <laughs> or one of my other amazing shows that you need to start watching. Joe Para talks with you. Tell me about it. Thank you for placating me here, homie. Yes, yeah. Joe Para talks with you. A, a brilliant, unique, awesome, heartwarming, funny television show. It's like uh, it's like if Napoleon Dynamite wasn't an idiot school student, but he was like an unassuming, nice school teacher. Joe Para is like a he's like a unique comedian. He's a stand up. He uh, does YouTube videos and he's been on like MTV doing stuff as well. He's uh, he's basically like an 80 year old man in a 25 year old man's body, like with with like old man sensibilities. He's just he's like a it's just a very wholesome, very heartwarming show. And when they do do like emotional punches, they stand out and they they work pretty well. It's the it's like he's attempting to do something with like no violence, very little sexuality uh, and to just kind of like just be his own thing and just like kind of be accessible to everyone. I love this show. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I would recommend that everyone checks out Joe Para talks with you. It's on adult swim. Uh, I, episodes come and go off of the adult swim website. This is the only thing that I've ever bought on YouTube. Personally, I bought every season on YouTube just so I can watch it whenever I want. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. It, it's just it's so good. And if you're familiar with Connor O'Malley, who's a hilarious YouTube comedian, he does awesome videos. He's uh, heavily involved in the show. He produces a lot of the episodes and he's uh, involved with like directing and writing and stuff. So, yeah, it's there's some really good, unique, hilarious people making the show. It's it's a better version of Napoleon Dynamite. If you like Napoleon Dynamite, it's kind of a little bit of that vibe. But, yeah, I, I love the show. I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah, very cool. You know what show I've been rewatching as of late, and I just love, and I love the and, uh, rewatching as of late, meaning the past twelve hours or so. <laughs> What's that? Peep show. Peep show. Peep you show. know, I've heard that's really good, man. Dude. I've heard from a couple people. Mm. Okay, so I gotta S check that out. Seinfeld was the first show that you know kind of had, um, dare I say, unlikable main characters, asshole main characters, right? Yes. Peep Show takes it to the extreme, um, and it's a fun English show. Uh, the first couple seasons are on Amazon Prime, so if you have that, go check it out. But Peep Show is such a good show. Um, Kevin and I were talking about it last night uh, because I, I forgot what I. Oh yeah, some someone said something to me, and I'm like, I I, I without a without even a stutter, I'm like, Boris is getting very upset. <laughs> that's amazing i love it so uh, that, that kind of, yeah that kind of talked uh, uh went into like you know um shows like sidefield and then we were talking about like you know uh our love for british shows like peep show like the office uk like extras extras is one of my favorite shows period um such a good show i even i'm, I'm a fan of coupling nice nice office uk was uh it was it was good. I definitely liked it. I like the American one more, but that it, nothing wrong with Office UK. Have you ever seen the wrestling, the UK wrestling show called Rumble? It's like yes. six episodes from like the nineties. I uh, for the website Pro Wrestling Only, I did reviews of all of those shows. It was hilarious, man. We should talk about that on Bam one day. It's it's a ridiculous old show. One of the best theme songs, by which I mean worst theme songs I've ever heard too. 
Oh yeah, uh, man. I, I wish RJ City didn't do this already, but I would love on Bam for us to kind of go through uh, wrestling shows and wrestling appearances on t- on on pop culture and stuff like that. But I don't want to steal someone else's gimmick. Yeah, RJ City, good Canadian boy. That's his territory. We'll let him have it. But we could talk about a couple here and there, well, you know, as they come up. There's one that come that it's only 26 episodes, one season, and it's called Learning the Ropes. Yes, I have a couple of these downloaded on an old hard drive somewhere years and years ago in like the early 2000s. And and like I watched one or two and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that. Uh, It's like it was like a full on sitcom. Was it like CBS or something in the 80s with NWA wrestlers? It was Canadian show. It was CTV. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was a Canadian show, but it was featuring NWA wrestlers at the time, right? So, yeah, it featured NWA wrestlers. The sitcom was shot here in Toronto. Uh, One of the main characters was Steve Williams, Dr. Death himself. Uh, it's just, it's just absolutely crazy. It's just, it's just crazy. But yeah, there were, um, we had a lot of NWA appearances on this show. So people like Lex Luger, Sting, um, who else was on the show? The Road Warriors, Ric Flair, Hawk and Animal, Dick Murdoch, and many more. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I remember the Road Warriors showing up. Yeah, definitely. I, I'll try to see if I can find those somewheres. The uh, Learning the Ropes episodes. I think they're pretty hard to come by. Like, they aren't on YouTube or anything. I don't think. You can find some episodes on YouTube. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, th- that show is for sure a show that I want to talk about at some point. Uh, it's 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 so weird. It's so weird. So, such a weird show. Um, yeah. The, the yeah if we could show. ever find... If we can ever find the full run of it, we should we should do that. That'd be interesting, or even even just like the the pilot would be cool too. Man, we put ourselves through some hell sometimes for for our podcasts. <laughs> we haven't even started the twenty year TNA look back coming in June. Oh my god, I am. Oh, oh. <laughs> Having said that, we put ourselves through the NWA and War Chamber, so. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it seems like a natural transition into wrestling talk here, homie. See, we only see, have a couple things to cover. You see how I segue into <laughs> different topics, my friend? It's pretty pretty tight, buddy. Pretty tight. And you know how I ruin that by telling people I'm doing it? <laughs> <laughs> also pretty tight, buddy. <laughs> it's kind of like explaining one's joke, you see? And now over it's, and over. it's funny because now we've gone full circle. <laughs> But now by explaining that we went full circle, we have once again ruined it. (laughs) Thank you for picking that up. (laughs) All right. So into the wrestling. Um, We don't have too much to talk about. uh, But, you know, we do have some opinions. I kind of do want to touch on ROH because the the, uh, this run of ROH. It hurts me, man. Because even the TV has been pretty solid lately. Uh, you watched this episode, correct? Yeah. What did you I did, think? and I, I enjoyed it. It was a quick, yeah, quick, easy watch. And uh, yeah, it just it, it just makes me sad to see like they're on their deathbed. You know what I mean? Like it's just like no crowd. We all know what's happening. Like you see Dalton Castle out there making his entrance in front of no people, and it's just like ah, poor Ring of Honor. Did but, you? Yeah, read the latest Dalton Castle interview? No. Oof. 
I felt so bad for him. He basically says how sad it was going to the last set of TV tapings because it's like, he. I'm summarizing things. This is not a quote. This is a summary. This is how I read into things. He essentially said, what's the point? And it's not like, what's the point of us being here? It kind of was, but it's more like, you know, knowing that it's the end, knowing that everyone's out of a job, wrestling and, and, and kind of seeing your friends for the last time, this family that you've made over the past who knows how many years, it's very sad, and kind of coming to a job that you know is gone in a few weeks, you know, it, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough go right now. Oh, man, that is sad to hear. You, you, your heart goes out to Dalton Castle. He's like an ROH lifer, and he's like, he's a, he's done an extremely good job in his career. I think, like, he's got nothing to be ashamed of, you know what I mean? But, yeah, I wonder what the next step for someone like a Dalton Castle will end up being. Hopefully he shows up at AEW once or twice. Yeah, honestly, Dalton Castle is someone that I can see, and thank God he's healthy, um, much healthier now than when he when he was ROH champ. I know he was going through major back issues back then. Um, I know he took some time off. I know he's back. Uh, who knows what percent, but he's back at least, and he seems to be wrestling a lot better again. Uh, but honestly, I've been loving this heel run of Dalton Castle. Um, much better heel than a face, which is kind of funny, um, but... I do wonder, just like you, to see where someone like a Dalton Castle ends up. You know, you know, very similar to a Dan Housen. He might just stay on the indie circuit. But seeing Dan Housen and everything he's been doing, it's almost impossible not to see him in AEW's at this point. Exactly. I think, like, AEW, they, they, their roster's obviously bloated, but they don't really have people... Who they don't have like a Scotty too hottie. They don't have like a Godfather. They don't have like a Rikishi that like pop the crowd opening act. They have people who they slot into the opening match and stuff. But I think a Danhausen is like this generation Scotty too hottie. He's like a comedy babyface. He's never gonna be your world champ. But the people love him and he's hilarious. I think he could be an asset. And that's the thing, right? Like, and I think fans are kind of weird about that. Um, you know, when when I hear fans, and I know that there's a lot of negativity around WWE, rightfully so, but like sometimes when people talk about like the business and the wrestlers, I think people sometimes forget that not everyone can be a world champion. Not everyone is slated to main event WrestleMania. You do need yeah. those strong openers. You do need people to get that hot crowd going at the start of a show, especially nowadays with TV. Just being the core business, um, you know, so having wrestlers like a too cool back in the day is so important. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't uh, agree with you more. That's why the Godfather uh, still to this day is brought back for, for Royal Rumbles and stuff. And he's still beloved. Uh, I think that's why Scotty too hot. had a job with WWE until about five minutes ago when he resigned. Uh, you know, like these people, uh, they establish roles and they become beloved to professional wrestling fans. I think that, that, uh, that's a necessary position in a wrestling company. Exactly. All right, Ring of Honor. Let's get into some Ring of Honor TV. Three matches, pretty fun show. Uh, even a title match that we we're going to have a lot of thoughts on, I'm sure. But the match, or the night, started with Brian Johnson versus John Walters in a pure rules match. Brian Johnson is really trying to establish himself in the pure division. But you see, he's a heel. 
So he does heel stuff in these pure rule matches where it's all about respect and honor. Yeah, I like that little, little gimmick. I like that little twist on it. And he's a, he's a small little angry man, cuts a good promo before every match. What's not to love about Brian Johnson? Our boy here at BAM. You know what is a dream match for me? And I don't know why this is, in my mind, a dream match. It's a stupid match. And, and nowhere, <laughs> no one has ever dreamt of this the way I have. And that's what is it? John Silver versus Brian Johnson. Oh, man, I love it. That's the yeah, because they're like two sides of the same coin. Almost John Silver is like a happy go lucky, uh, gregarious, you know, laughing, fun loving version. And Brian Johnson is like the angry, surly, just mad at the world version. I love it, Boris. That's a matchup I'm now fully invested in. It's like the Luigi Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly like that. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know why I just feel like those two would have a great match together just because they literally are like polar opposites, the bizarro version of one another. It's 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 crazy. Anyway, so Brian Johnson versus John Waters, uh, Walters, sorry. Uh, yeah, this match. I like this match, but I think and the, 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 this match was a little different. You know, they kind of used up the rope breaks really quick and I kind of enjoyed that. Um, and like I said, kind of, you know, Brian Johnson kind of being the, the little, the little heel with a cheap poke to the eyes on Walters. And this gave him the opportunity to get his neck breaker in for the three count. Uh, so Brian Johnson won in 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah, I thought this was a solid match. You know, like you said, it didn't set anyone's world on fire. It was pretty basic with uh, the the uh, things they did in the ring and the psychology it ended with the old uh, heel tactic there. But how could you say anything? that It wasn't bad, man. You know, it was. I think it was a slightly above average wrestling match. We're going to go three handshakes out of five for this one, Boris. 60% pure rules presented. Yep, exactly. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. All right, Chelsea Green then joined the commentary team because it was the second triple threat match to determine who will face Roxy at final battle. Final battle. Uh, the first triple threat match was won by Willow, so Willow is in, you know, is 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 is, is waiting to see who wins this match. Match number two, the number one contenders match, Mandy Leon with Angelina Love. Versus Allison K with Marty Bell versus Trish Adora. Yes, yeah, so just to clarify, that's Willow Nightingale, yeah. not Willow the Wisp. Yes. Jeff Hardy's alter ego. <laughs> <sighs> so Chelsea Green joined commentary for this match. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it for what it was. Standard kind of average, you know, women's triple threat, but I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have turned my uh, channel on this one, you know what I mean? I think it was an entertaining, hard-fought match. Went about seven minutes. How did you feel about this one, big homie? I'm still disappointed with you at the <laughs> previous comments. Anyways, um, <laughs> so <laughs> I have some thoughts on this match. I think the wrong person won. Uh, it makes sense to give the heel the win, but I still think either anyone could have won. Uh, I just don't, it doesn't matter. That's the issue, Matt. It doesn't matter. But if ROH were to continue long-term, wouldn't you want to give a nod to Allison Kay or, or, um, or, uh, Trisha Dora? Trish. Like, it's like, I what's take, the point yeah. of Mandy Leone getting the win? However, this match, like I said, it was short. 
it was good for what it was. My favorite part was when uh, Kay and Adora did that double submission on Mandy Leon, one on the legs, one on the head. Yeah, that was that was a hilarious spot. Like how they're fighting while giving each other a submission. Uh, definitely uh, laughed at that. Enjoyed that. I would have selected Trish Adora to win this match. She's the the younger competitor. I think that she's like you know she's a good wrestler for ROH to push and to kind of put hitch their wagon onto as the uh, independent star of the future. But uh, like you said, I think they were setting up the the Willow win here, so they wanted to heal against Willow. Enter Mandy Leon. And that's fine. Uh, you know, but thinking how much of a face Roxy is, are we getting Mandy Leon versus Roxy? I, I think we are probably getting Mandy Leon versus me. Roxy. That scares me because I have this really bad feeling that, you know, Mandy Leon just being the veteran, ROH is going to give her the title to end its run. Uh, if... There is a threat that Roxy is getting signed right away. I could definitely see that happening, man. But I, I kind of feel like ROH would rather Roxy vacate the title and go on to bigger things. I kind of think that makes ROH look good. You know what I mean? I don't think that hurts them at all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. All right, main event time. Before the main event, Dak Draper joins the commentary team. And it's Dalton Castle versus your TV title champ. Dragon Lee. Our boy, Dak Draper, breakout performer of 2022. You heard it here first. Yep. Uh, what did you think of this match? I really enjoyed this. And again, like I say, like Dalton Castle's heel run has been awesome. I think that his, I love how I just ask you the question and answer it myself. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I just think that he's, 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 he's back. You know, Dalton Castle is back. What did you think, Matt? Yeah, I thought I, I liked that. I think he's back as well. Liked the match. Uh, yeah, I like that he hit two bangerangs on Dragon Lee to uh, to pull it out. I think like you had to you had to put Dragon Lee over in defeat here, and I feel like they did. Uh, yeah, man, I thought this was very enjoyable, and it's a it's a it was a feel good moment despite the fact that Dalton Castle is a heel. He's worked so hard for this company. I'm glad they're putting a belt on him, possibly as they go out of business. Oh yeah. Um, and he's only one title short of a Grand Slam. That's the tag title or pure title? Pure. Right. Yeah. That'd be fun. It would get, be fun. Get this man the pure title. Yep. All right. So, um, the women's match. Sorry. We were, we're whew, we don't even know. We forget our own gimmick sometimes. You got to rate the women's match and the main event. Sure, yeah. Okay, so for the women's match, I would say it was pretty average. It was that good spot, but yeah, I would go two and a half handshakes out of five for the women's match. For this one, I thought with the moment and with the uh, the proper booking, I feel like it was just it was a solid end to this Ring of Honor show. I would go three and a half uh, handshakes out of five for this one. Solid B, 70%. Um, yeah, and uh, there was actually a pretty cool EC3 video to close it out if you want to get into that. Yeah. Yeah, EC3, I think, I, th I have a strong feeling he's going to end being ROH champ. He, uh, I can definitely see that happening. I think he's a good choice, too, in the way that Dalton Castle is. Uh, obviously not like an ROH lifer, but uh, just in terms of like an independent veteran who will probably stay on the indies, but does good work, is established. I think, yeah, I think that's a good choice. But yeah, so EC3 basically cut this video 
uh, he's like a spooky guy now. He's not spooky hard, but like he's very, very like uh, very angry, uh, soft spoken anger. He's he's kind of like uh, he got a serial killer vibe to him. This EC3 right now. And he challenged Jay Lethal. And I guess we are going to see Jay Lethal versus EC3 on next week's Ring of Honor show. Yep. Yep. Probably Jay Lethal's final ROH appearance. Yes, for sure, I would say that's definitely going to be. So EC3 is going to retire Jay Lethal, which is a pretty huge uh, pretty huge feather in the cap. I, I think so. I think so. Um, but yeah, uh, final battle. I'm actually quite in, uh, excited for it. A lot of people keep asking me, what do I think is going to be the show in terms of like, is it just going to be a regular TV show, regular pay-per-view, or are they going to honor the history of ROH by bringing in people? I honestly think they're going to lean more towards it being just a regular pay-per-view. Do you really want to like uh, uh, go off and, 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 and remind people that you're going off the air as they're spending money on you? Uh, I could see both sides of the argument, man. I think uh, I, think I think they'll fans do a video. Be disappointed. I think they'll yeah. do something, but I don't think it's going to be like a a, a, a like a, a a a wake or something. I feel you. Like like okay, so like Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Samoa Joe, like these people aren't showing up. No. I don't think it's going to be one of those. Yeah. No, God no, God no. Look, Tony Khan is already angry with NWA, right? <laughs> Right, didn't kiss the ring enough. Yeah, so, like, they've never had a relationship with ROH. Why are they going to start now? Let's let's be honest here. At the end of the day, Tony Khan and AEW are going to do what's best for Tony Khan and AEW. They're not going to help a dying brand. Okay, but would CM Punk showing up at ROH and getting a humongous babyface reaction help AEW and babyface CM Punk. You know what I mean? I think it would help the optics of we're all about wrestling. We love right. wrestling. That's it. That's all it's going to help. So that's fair, but maybe that might happen. Maybe there's, you know, like I could see I I I could see it happening. I wouldn't surprise me if CM Punk showed up to get a humongous babyface reaction. That would actually I kind of think that that would kind of be smart if Tony Khan did do that. I'm not expecting it, but I think it would be smart if it happened. You know who I can if anyone, and I know this is going to sound absolutely insane, but if okay. anyone is going to show up, I think it would be Samojo. Wow, that is pretty insane. That is pretty out there. Yeah. I I don't know why I just feel like he would ask for permission and they'd be like, you're going where? Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last one, right? Yeah, knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah, you know? Uh, so I, that's that's honestly what I can see. Uh, and also, here's the other thing. What if stuff happens in the dark and not on TV? Yeah, that's a really good point too. Yeah, maybe. I, I Although if they're going to put CM Punk... Like in front of that crowd, you might as well put it on TV. Unless, but who knows? It's like a, a very, very slim chance. Here's the thing, Matt. Think of it this way: If I were Tony Khan, I would send my guys and not allow it to be aired because the internet is still going to record it. The internet is going to talk about it. The dirt sheets are going to say praise you for being this amazing promoter and loving the wrestling business, but you don't give them buy rates. You don't give them 
the opportunity of putting that in their tape library, you know, and whatnot. That's a, that's an interesting, dirty tactic, perhaps, Boris, but I kind of like where your head's at on that one. Yeah, so that's what I would do if I were Tony Khan. Uh, but yeah, uh, ROH, one more month, literally one more month of ROH. Yeah, final battle, Saturday, December 11th, I believe, right? Yep, and then we have uh, the Christmas show, which looks like it's going to feature... Uh, a women's world title match and ROH world's title match. Yes, sir. And our guess is, I believe right now, uh, or at least my guess is, Roxy is going to face Mandy Leon, and I think it's going to be world champion Jonathan Gresham. I think he's going to beat Bandito at final battle, and he's going to face whoever, probably EC3. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens there. All right, I've been avoiding this, but we need to talk about this. <laughs> Major League Wrestling, War Chamber. War Chamber 2021. Why well, this match wasn't very good, Boris. This match was horrible. This match, honestly, <laughs> whew, it was a stinker. Oh, my God. And when you look at the names, first off, let's, let's, let's go through the competitors. It was Team Hammerheads, the Hammerheads. Who's, who's, who's giving them these names? Kevin Dunn? Like, seriously, the Hammerheads. Who calls it the Hammerheads? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was, Court Bauer, that's who. <laughs> yeah, it was Hammerstone, Richard Holiday, Savio Vega, AJ Duca, and a mystery partner. Number one, how the fuck? And that's my one F of the show. <laughs> but it needed to be said right now. How the F does Savio Vega end up in this match? I, I'm surprised you said Savio Vega and not the guy who was the uh, mystery partner. But yeah, uh, Savio Vega, he was looking pretty rough in this match. He was doing like, you, you know, the old Bruce Lee, like five inch punch or whatever it is. One inch punch. He was yep. doing like one inch kendo stick shots, like bop, 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 like not even moving his arms, barely breaking his wrist doing kendo stick shots in this match. Savio Vega looked old in this one. Yep. He is old, but he looked his age. The mystery partner was none other than Jeff Cobb. Yes, coming out as Matanza Duran yeah. and then unmasking and taking off his his bodysuit, absolutely killing Lucha Underground kayfabe. I know that that that. I can't believe he did that. Like I was just like, oh man, oh man. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So Matanza Duran, Jeff Cobb was the mystery partner. Sure, and they faced off against, against Contra Unit, Jacob Fatu, Mads Kruger, Ikuru Kwan, and the Sentai Death Squad. Yeah, the Sentai Death Squad are two uh, faceless soldiers. They're in masks. Uh, similar look to uh, Doom, the old WCW NWA tag team, Ron yes. Simmons and Butch Reed. Yeah. All right. These were the rules. A coin toss determined which team entered first and gets the advantage. One-on-one -on -one matchup begins for five minutes in stage one of the War Chamber. The winner of the coin toss has their team member come out uh, for a two-on-one handicap match. Then alternating teams have wrestlers enter every two minutes. Once all competitors are in the War Chamber, a victory is won by submission, surrender, or pinfall. Now, when WWE and when WCW, and I believe AEW as well, did these War Games matches, they used two rings. When TNA 
and MLW do these war game matches, they use one ring. And the one ring setup is a bad idea. Don't do a war games match if you're going to only have one ring. It's a giant, messy, terrible cluster every time. And this is exactly what happened in this match. It was rough. This match was rough. Uh, but here's the thing also. At no point did this match look good. All right, so Contra Unit wins the coin toss. So enter Jacob Fatu. He is the first competitor. Um, second was Matanza Duran. As we said, it was Jeff Cobb. So yeah, that happened. And then... Yeah, so... That, that this first Jacob Fatu versus Jeff Cobb section, best part of the match by a country mile. Yep. Every uh, concurrent entrant made this match worse. Yep. Sentai Death Squad member number one was next. And then it was our boy Savio Vega to save the day or really make this slow. I don't know. It was, it was very weird. Um, yeah. He honestly looked like a running Anheuser-Busch ad. <laughs> that's amazing man it's so funny like Savio Vega of all people and like I loved Savio Vega as a kid but it's so funny the uh the impact that Savio Vega's uh, 1995 King of the Ring run had on a certain generation of people because Court Bauer is like around our age he's maybe like five to ten years older and uh he just pushes the Savio Vega to the moon he's always on these MLW shows yeah and and gets a prominent role in them like in and 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 yeah it's always a prominent role all right the next competitor was Ikuro Kwan and then Richard Holiday I like Richard Holiday's mic work and everything but in this match he had no business being in this match and then it was Sentai Death Squad member number 2 and then the person who I still think is the biggest what in terms of NXT releases, and that's EJ and Duca. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree with that take more, man. EJ and Duca should be uh, on the main roster of WWE right now. So should Karrion Cross. So should Bearcat Keith Lee. So should Isaiah Swerve Scott. Oh my fuck. Anyway, <laughs> and then it was Mads Kruger coming out. And this is when the match really got bad. I'm sorry. And Max like, Kruger is just not good. Yeah. This uh, this entire time, it's like horrible, punchy, kicky. It's like Salvio Vega hitting the worst kendo stick shots I've ever seen in my life. They make a point. This this war chamber, it's a, it's a steel cage, no roof, but barbed wire surrounding the top. And the announcers the entire match are telling you nobody can get in, nobody can get out unless intended, unless it's their entrance. So, of course, a couple guys get thrown out the door. There are men lying outside of the cage, despite the fact that they told you it wouldn't happen. It's just, yeah, this is just a, it's just bad all around. And before we get to the last competitor, dude, the production, the camera. Now you see what I mean about the production in MLW? Yeah, yeah, overproduced. Despite the fact that they miss a lot of shots too, it still feels overproduced. And watching this on YouTube, ton of YouTube ads, ton of YouTube ads. Can't really, I don't hate them that much for that. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's a necessary evil. I understand, but it still affects the watching of the of the I, video, right? Like, no, I keep forgetting because I have YouTube Premium, so I right. no, I get no ads. Right, yeah, I do not, and yeah, ton of ads on this one, ton of ads. Interesting. Now, 
Watching this match, watching MLW, I'm going to say this take again, and I want to see if you agree with me. Doesn't it feel like you're watching two of your buddies play a WWE 2K game with just uh, some I, action and then cut to replay? Some action, cut to replay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I definitely like weird camera angles, over overproduced, glitchy moves. Salvio Vega, throw that kendo stick better, buddy. But yeah, yeah I... Uh, Oh uh, man, yeah, I definitely. It is very. It's like, an, and they also steal graphics from UFC, like the upcoming fights. That's just the UFC graphic. They just stole it. They just upcoming fights, and it's MLW cards instead of UFC fights. It's yep. just hilarious. Yeah, and then the last competitor to enter the ring was Alex Hammerstone, and this is the, this is the weird part. So at this point, you blink and you miss the end of the match because I feel like Hammerstone was in the match maybe maybe five minutes tops and in that five minutes alex hammerstone gets his ass kicked by fatu and then all of a sudden fatu gets pushed into mads kruger they look at each other very angry and then mads kruger gets toppled by fatu after a um a missed what do you call it uh uh moonsault a flip yes and then all Flippy of a sudden do. and then all of a sudden as that happens um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ikaru Kwan is put into a a nice looking uh uh, uh what do you call torture rack. Torture rack. Sorry, this match has just bothered me so much. I'm for- <laughs> I, 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 I'm I forgetting so much. Yeah, Hammerstone puts Ikaru Kwan in a torture rack, and he submits. Like maybe five minutes when the match actually started. Yeah, now, yeah, it was very Alex Hammerstone I, uh, was injured when he beat Fatu for the belt. So I could see that leading towards this, but come on. Yeah, an anticlimactic ending to a terrible shite match. If you remember the old uh, NWA TNA pay-per-view era. Wednesday, bloody Wednesday, those terrible cage matches, which are just dudes laying around hitting each other with junk. That's exactly what this was. This was a Wednesday, bloody Wednesday match. It was a bad wrestling match. Don't watch it. Yep. And then Team Hammerstone wins. Contra is yelling at each other. Fatu and Kruger are yelling at each other, I should say. And all I hear is Fatu say, nah, bro. And Kruger saying something. And then they go at it. All of Contra is fighting. Mads Kruger versus Fatu. Worlds collide. Pandemonium in the in the ECW <laughs> arena. By this point, I did not give a damn. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. And it was just like the, the problem with this match is like I, I watched this. I was hoping to like it and hoping to get on board with Major League Wrestling. And after watching it, I just never wanted to watch Major League Wrestling again. <laughs> You know what I really is? want to like this brand, but they just, it's, they're so hit and miss. They're so hit and miss. And yeah. it seems these days they're more miss than hit. Yep. The Opera Cup has been very good. Davey Richards is single-handedly saving that tournament. Uh, but, you know, this match, especially this match, um, you know, when, when you are getting new eyes, when you're getting a new audience, when you're getting new people like yourself to watch this match and you put that on, what the hell? And I, you know what? Here's the thing, Matt. I know that our opinion is a hot take because I am seeing so much love for this match. Interesting. That 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 that. Uh, I don't. I don't see it. 
And you know what? We're going in a little cold. We're not watching every MLW episode, but there are great. Oh, there you go. I'm not, but like, you know, like I, I could watch, for example, uh, the old Puerto Rico territory, WWC. They have a lot of like crazy cage matches on YouTube that you can just watch. And all of them are better war games than this war games. This was just a, this was just a rough match. It was just a bad wrestling match. I did not enjoy it at all. I would go one Bauer out of five for this one, Boris. 20% Euchre percentage. Big fail. Wow. I thought you would at least... Just under Mendoza line, then. No, you're no. going way under the Mendoza line. Way under the... Well, curtain. to me... Way under yeah, the War this, Games line. <laughs> way under the War Games line. Uh, to me, I, I like to give it a, a match two, two whatever out of five, if I can at least say it was a good effort. Like, you know, they, they tried, they went in there, good effort. I wouldn't call this one a good effort. I don't think it was... It was just a slog to get through. Yeah, it really... It was horrible. It was so bad, everyone. Like... I, 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 I apologize for even telling you that this match was a thing. <laughs> and, you know, we're pretty positive about pro wrestling here, but I, 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 we have to also be honest. And it's just our opinions, but I thought this was bad and I would vi- advise against watching it. Yep. Uh, I'm willing to give MLW another chance. They do have a big Thanksgiving show with a five-man ladder match, but uh, this, was, this left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, for sure. Now... Now we're done with MLW, let's talk about the greater wrestling world. But we're sticking with the theme of of war games, war chambers, blood and guts. Matt, is this match overdone? Do we need a war chamber break, a war games break, a blood and guts break? (laughs) A blood and guts break, Boris. Well put. Yes, we do. And we've said it on the podcast like two or three war games ago. So, yeah, man, we're uh, we're past the saturation point. It's no longer unique. It's no longer exciting. They're just kind of bad. Having said that, we're going to get two more on December 5th, and uh, hopefully we don't see it again for a couple years after that. I'm ready for it to be put back out to pasture. Yep, yep. You know what the issue is with war games? It's all the promoters. This is something that they watch as kids. This is something that they love. So that's why we're getting so many war chamber matches or or war games matches, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, in a couple of years, maybe 10, 15, we're going to get another boom of of, uh, Hell in a Cell style cages and also TLC matches because the same thing's going to happen for our generation, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I'm over these matches. But I love the fact that as we're saying, no more war games. We have two to cover in the next 10 days. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But, you know, yeah, I, I I am intrigued for the NXT 1.0 versus NXT 2.0 thing. I, I, I actually can't wait to see how they book that match and how it comes how, how it comes across. Man, can you imagine being one of these rookies and, say, and, and them going up to you and saying, oh, by the way, your first pay-per-view match is a War Games match. Yeah, against Tommaso Ciampa and against Johnny Gargano and against Pete Dunne and also uh, Eli Drake for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, though. Can you imagine the the extra oomph that a Pete Dunn is going to be giving to someone like a Braun Breaker in this match? 
like a Tony D'Angelo, Pete Dunne's going to slap the shit out of that man. In, 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 not even in like both in and out of kayfabe. He's going to slap the shit out of Tony D'Angelo. It's going to be fabulous. I can't <laughs> wait for that match. I'm telling you, man. It's co- Remember a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the Pete Dunne, Carmelo Hayes first five, 90 seconds of that match? <laughs> I do. That's going to be Pete Dunne in the entire war games. He's going to be bouncing around that cage like a Super Bowl. I it's, can't wait, man. I'm telling you. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, the, these old sur- – I love how I say old surly guys. Meanwhile, we're all the same age except for Pete Dunne. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, Pete Dunne's like eight years younger than us or yeah. like uh, five or six anyway. Yeah. Next week on BAM, we're going to be doing a little NBA NHL quarter season check-in. We're going to give a quick little standings update and see where we're at with both of those leagues. Our next NXT talk show is the War Games Go Home Show, Boris. We're also doing after-party podcasts for not only December 5th's NXT War Games, but buddy, I think we're getting the call for day one, the WWE pay-per-view, January 1st, 2022. I don't think they're going to be... uh, traditional after parties on youtube but there are going to be after party podcasts by the bam boys yep exactly uh we'll talk more about that as we get closer to day one ish but as a patron of snme if you are a patron of snme i should say we have tons of shows still coming for you this week on friday morning you'll be able to listen to the old fucks on all elite weekly as they chat dynamite from Wednesday, November 24th, and then on Saturday, you get not one, but two shows. First up, it's the Smack Daddies, talking all things SmackDown, and then you get the Dark Side of the Elite on Rampage rollout as they talk about Rampage, and then on Sunday, we have the main show as Jason Agnew is back coast to coast, and as a patron, you get that show first. Then it's Monday and we start the week all over again. Back to the grindstone. Yeah, man. Lots of stuff going on. Very busy. Keep it locked here at SNME Radio and at BAM Sports Entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah.